0: Hello, Pulp Diction listeners, and welcome back for another episode. Uh, this is part two of my conversation with Nick. We taped uh, last Friday where we talk a little European soccer. If you missed part one, check it out. We had a big NBA conversation, um, touched on a lot of things, and it was great. Um, yeah, without further ado, here's part two. Here's with Nick. We're gonna talk a little uh, little footy um, transfer window just ended, which is their deadline day, basic or trade deadline day, basically. Um, and this is the last transfer window sort of until the end of the year. So the, like the teams now are kind of locked in as they push for you know making it in the Champions League, um getting into the Champions League, winning their division, whatever. Um so Nick, you are a huge Man City fan. Um your transfer window has gotten some criticism. Um but I feel like you're more positive on it. What's your uh, what are your
1: takes? So my, my position, you know, this whole time – well, so first of all, let's rewind to the summer. Um, Man City were, were desperately chasing Alexis Sanchez, and that deal fell through um, at the last minute basically because Arsenal fucked it up. Like, <laughs> Arsenal was like, Arsenal was like, yeah, we're listening, we're listening, we're listening, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, at the last second, they're sort of like, okay, fine, we agree to your price, but we need to get a substitute. And they couldn't sign uh, Lamar so the, uh, It's okay it's um
0: Lamar yet?
1: yeah they could. they couldn't sign that guy from Dortmund, I think it was fast enough to actually qualify the deal so like that's that's a, a huge fucking dump on your chest like like Man City had sent their like a whole delegation to Chile during the international break to like convince Sanchez mm. and honestly. I, well, I was I was pissed when that move didn't go through. But then, uh, sitting here right now, I think that's the best thing that could have happened to us because it's meant that uh, Sané has developed and Sterling um, has also continued to kind of... I don't want to say developed because I don't think his game is getting better per se, but, like, <laughs> you know, he's still doing his thing. And, like, there I think that Pep is in this weird place where, like, He's been criticized in the past by guys like Ibra for for not being loyal enough or for sending too many guys out the door. And, like, obviously it's a I mean, cut. Th- Ibra's a fucking bum. Yeah. And also he's a psycho. But, yeah, like, like, you're not going yeah. to rewrite your book on that. No. And I, and I don't either. But, like, I do think that when you're playing at this really, like, when you're at the upper echelons of international club soccer, the locker room is important. Like, you can't have cancers. Sanchez is a cancer. And like keeping everybody else happy is great. And that's also why, you know, I think Man City kicked the tires on Marez because Sane's. Marez. because Sane's got. <laughs> he's gonna be down for like, I think two months or something like that. Months?
0: I thought it was two weeks.
1: No, he's gonna be down for a month oh. plus. Yeah, I know, it's devastating. So that's why they kicked the tires on Marez. But like, Leicester wanted, I think, 100 million pounds for this guy. Yeah. which is an incredibly, like, ridiculous thing to say when, you know, he's undoubtedly really talented but also a huge cancer and, like, a huge fuckboy. So, like, <laughs> you know, so, like... No love for Riyad. No, I'm th- I i I'm being hard on him. But, like, I, I do think that, that Bernardo Silva at 40 million, or no, not even, he was, like, 35 million pounds... Um, makes a lot more sense for us, like to keep the seat warm for Sane, yeah. than like a ninety hundred million dollar like psycho. So I I think we so you were we made. Happy with that, yeah. I was very happy with that, and we made one signing, which is Laporte um, from Atletico. I don't know Jack about him. Um, I'm hoping you can enlighten me a little bit. But my my feeling was Mangala was shitty, and companies always hurt, and Stones like can have a brilliant game and then can have a game where he will literally like try to be clearing a ball and end up putting it on most Salah's fucking foot. <laughs> so like, you know, I, I, was very glad that we shored up that space. I was wondering if we were going to make a play for a, for a fullback, um, because Delph is questionable and Zinchinko, the, the Ukrainian prospect is not fully there yet. And, you know, that's basically the spot that they're keeping warm for Ben Mendy, who is my favorite Man City player. And I can't wait till he comes back from this ACL injury because he's amazingly good. Uh, But I think that what that was saying, the fact they're not getting a fullback, is that they believe Mendy will be back and they want him to be part of the long-term plan, which I'm very in favor of.
0: So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's kind of fascinating. Like in the U.S., we talk a lot about team chemistry with teams um like you you know someone like boogie cousins yeah. gets even though he put up every number imaginable gets a lot of shit and like we'll just knock it on all nba teams and stuff like that because he's a diva <laughs> and you just in soccer they just don't care about that at all it's all talent so like in the soccer world a lot of teams are really surprised well, a lot of people just kind of thought it would be a great decision for Man City to go get Alexis Sanchez. And I totally agree with you. He's he's a complete, complete diva. He, I I first, what's the opposite of fell in love? I fell in hatred with this game <laughs> at Barcelona because he was just hero balling all the time. And at Arsenal, like, he was really good for them for a couple years, and that's mostly because they needed someone to go hero ball in the attacking third. None of their players wanted to shoot. Um, At Barcelona, he was, like, taking the ball away from Suarez and Messi. I don't know if Suarez was there. He was taking the ball away from Messi, basically, which made me just so furious. Um, So he's someone who needs to start, needs to play all minutes of every game he's in, and needs to be, like, taking free kicks and touching the ball all the time, or he will pout. And that was fine on Arsenal because they needed top-line talent. That's not going to be fine on Man City. Pep may decide he wants to roll with Gabriel, Jesus, um, Aguero, and Sané. And if he decided that, which is an elite top three, not to mention Sterling or any of the other guys have been in there, then Sanchez would have had to just suck it and like, sit on the bench like an adult. And I don't think he was capable of that. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you. I think it was smart they didn't take him. I also agree with you it was smart they grabbed a center back. Um, it's tough to project people into the Premier League because there's nothing quite like it in terms of game after game intensity. Um, but yeah, I think that was good, um, to get that guy. So we'll see how he does. I have no idea. Um, can't be worse than Mangala sort of. No, Yeah. I mean, so Autumn Mendy's got one spot locked up the other spot, like you said, up for grabs. So it's nice to get another person in there to compete for it. Um, yeah, I mean I'm a little concerned right now. If Sane was healthy and Jesus was healthy, I would have been upset if they had signed anyone else, because I think they have a really good thing going. But they're they're pretty thin right now, um, up front, with Sane out, you know, however long, with Jesus out, you know, it's not like the other guys up there are extremely durable. They're they're dangerously close to being like. Alright, Gundawan, you gotta go play right wing, or like,
1: alright, you know, guy you haven't heard of, you're in. Well, so they they actually have I think they have a bunch of interesting little moves to make. So like Bernardo Silva can just slot into a to an upper wing spot, which is fine. And they also can reshuffle the formation a little bit. Like in the beginning of the season, they played with both Jesus and Aguero up front and then had um like wider wings. Like they were having... Like outside mids instead of wings. Yeah, like I mean, outside mids, yeah.
0: Yeah, if you go two forwards, basically, I mean, positions are, like, like Jalen Rose will say about basketball, positions are created for a novice to follow the game. Like, they don't actually mean what the dude's going to do. Yeah. It's very true in soccer. So, like, you could play with two forwards, you could play with three forwards. At the end of the day, it's about, okay, who's got the defense responsibility? Who's got the responsibility to stretch the field? Who's picking the ball up in what areas? Who's got to be in the box? That kind of shit. And you're right. They could throw Aguero and Jesus up top, and get you know, and kind of run it that way, and maybe play more defensively minded outside mids, and uh, you know, throw Silva and maybe ask Sterling to get his ass back a little more. Yeah. Um. But that also puts a little more
1: onus on De Bruyne to be defensive, which well, they you don't c- really want. They could also expand the midfield too. Like Gundogan is a world class player, yeah. and he's a sub for us right now, who like will work in with Silva which is cool, or er, with David Silva. So, like, they could use a formation with Silva and um, Gundogan holding back a little bit and, like, really launch De Bruyne up near the top. Um, or, or I mean, they could, uh, they could move De Bruyne back. Like, they did that at the beginning of the year. And, like, I remember there was some criticism about it because it was sort of like, you know, this guy's a Ferrari, what's he doing? Like... Spending so Driving much time the at the, the school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's, he, what's he doing so side so at the back? But, like, he's so brilliant, and they yeah. do have other guys that can finish, that, like, having someone very competent at, like, moving the ball out from the back, like, is, is not a problem on this team.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the team construction was brilliant. Um, they just got hit because injuries happen to people who play the same role. Yeah. Um, and to Jesus, who could play anywhere, top and wings just tough to lose your, like, utility guy like that. Yeah. I, I think you can definitely play three of, and should play three of, Gundogan, Silva, De Bruyne, and Fernandinho. Um, yeah. They like keeping Fernandinho as one of the three, just because he actually plays defense.
1: Yeah, he's he's a holding guy. Yeah. Like, he's he's going to sit above the formation. They do this nice little thing that I like sometimes, where, like, one of the center backs will bomb forward quickly, and Fernandinho's there to kind of, like, cover his backside. Yeah. If and you like, watch um sorry. What were you going to say? I I was just, just going to say that like he what I love about Fernandinho is that he will fill in anywhere on defense when somebody has tried to make a play out of the back. Yeah. And I think that's just such a useful thing to have.
0: Yeah. The center who do that are, are really cool and it's a cool position to play. If you look at Casemiro's game, is the reason yeah. I'm so hot on Brazil to to do damage in the World Cup. Um basically on real and on brazil the outside backs are just gonna bomb forward um yeah. and are routinely like in the other teams level with the other team's box to whip in across and they almost play like two center backs and then casemiro is like the third guy back like very often um and uh, you know that's kind of what fernandinho does if kyle walker is off on a gallivant up up front or yeah what have you um
1: well, could you imagine if if Brazil had Casemiro's and Fernandinho back there? Yeah. Like, that'd be pretty wild. That's
0: why I, I think they're going to run, you know, Thiago Silva, David Luiz at center back. Um, With Marcelo
1: and... For example, it, yeah. Uh, Marcelo and Danny Alves Elvis, at the outside yeah. backs.
0: Or I think they have um, Felipe Luiz can also play there. And then you would have Fernandinho and Casemiro sitting in a ton. So, like, Marcelo would just be up the field the whole game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you'd have... Um, Coutinho, Neymar, Jesus. Yeah, you run your Coutinho, Neymar, Jesus, and they get one other player. Um, Hulk? <laughs> maybe Firmino. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Um, you just get a bunch of attackers, like, bombing up the field. Yeah. I think that totally. team would be fun and dangerous. But anyway. Yeah, very fun. Um, that's That's Man City. They're kind of... Clear, <laughs> yeah, EPL
1: basically. Although Pep keeps saying every day, he's like, he's like, this is not over, you know. And that's maybe, and that's just Pep doing Pep things. Yeah, but. That's just coaching. I mean, like, it it would take an all time collapse for them to not win the title at this point. I mean, he he talks about in his book like the biggest mistake that he made at Bayern that first season when they had come <laughs> off of winning the treble was that they they were the fastest to win the Bundesliga in the history of the of the competition yeah like they they were clear um mathematically like in February or something like that something they went like they won like every game yeah and Dortmund had an off year and they clinched like with 10 games to go (laughs) it was insane so like so Pep totally took his foot off the gas pedal and he, he he also got really unlucky because there was an awful injury to Neuer um Schweinsteiger was like not playing well like there there were some injury things but like he he also felt like the team lost their edge because they weren't competing every week um and they ended up getting blown out of the Champions League by Real Madrid so I think that he's super learned from that and just wants to keep the team focused and fresh which is why I like what he's doing in like the Carabao Cup and in like the FA Cup and stuff like that De Bruyne out there well De Bruyne will be out there sometimes, but he'll all... He's sure that Gundogan and Silva and, like, somebody between Sterling and Sané um, is always, are always out there and are always playing, like, the full style of the game. So, yeah. like, he'll only take out maybe four starters for one of those games. And he'll make sure that his super subs are yeah. starting. And
0: that team... Like, you have a real team culture. Like, I think you... Like, obviously, you lost, you know, Sané and Jesus. I think he will be... Fine still, obviously. Um, De Bruyne, I'd be worried about losing, but short of him, yeah. I think you're cool. Fernandino, too. But. Um, yeah. But anyway, so they, they're good. They're going to be fine. They'll be real dangerous to Champions League. I would love to see Sané back for a meaningful Champions League match, but City will roll their opening round game, and he should be back by then. Um, by the next round. Yeah. Uh, the other team with a big deadline was Arsenal. Um, yeah. So they're, I don't know, 10 points short of the Champions League qualification.
1: Let's um, see. they have 42 points right now. Chelsea is sitting in fourth at 50. Yeah, they're eight points short. And in between them is Tottenham at 48. So. And Tottenham just beat Man U. Yeah. Um, huge so, game this weekend against Liverpool. I'm excited for that. But Tottenham Liverpool? Yeah,
0: it's gonna be good. Um, huge. yeah. I mean, so Arsenal. If you're a team like Arsenal, where you are. Not in the Champions League, but you're a big, storied franchise. You need to get back in the Champions League. Um, and that's just goal 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D. They have two avenues to that. One is coming in at least fourth. And they'll try. Um, but that's kind of a tough task. The other option, which is interesting, is winning the Europa League. Yeah, And as Buck said on the pod, it's not like last year where, you know... Man, you just beat like no-name teams. Um, there's like three really good teams, um, but it's notably, LetiCo
1: and, Letty and Napoli, and Dortmund right? Are there? Is Napoli there? Because they got eliminated from the Champions League. You don't like go down, do you? I, I thought that was good. how it worked. Because Leti was in there too. Whatever.
0: Um, um, we'll take a look at that. I think it's Dortmund and Letty. and maybe an Italian side that's pretty good. But I don't think it's Napoli. Anyway. Part of the reason I love the Yang signing for, the, for Arsenal, not just because they desperately needed someone dynamic up there, um, that weakens Dortmund. They not mm-hmm. only got a really good player, they weakened the team they're going to have to go through to get their team goal. It, it would be like, I mean, this is obviously kindergarten stuff compared to, uh, you know, an NBA Finals, but it's, it's not dissimilar. Honestly, it's not dissimilar from the Celtics taking Kyrie from the Cavs. Yeah. Not only did you get a superstar, you took one away from the person you're trying to beat. Um, so that's just a huge play for them. I love the Mkhitaryan signing, too. Mm-hmm. I think, if so they have basically two stars in Ozil and Sanchez that weren't playing consistently mm-hmm. like stars. And that was part of one of the many reasons they're just not been that good.
1: Can I just say, it both, is Napoli? it's Napoli and also AC Milan. And AC Milan are in it. And uh, Villarreal is in it. Leon is in it. Okay. Um, so there's there's some teams yeah, that can they, ball. They're going to have to do some shit. Um, this is going to be an interesting competition to watch, actually.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, anyway, what I was just saying is that Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan, or no, I was saying that, so whatever, Sanchez is gone. He was their star. He was pouting, whatever. I don't want him on my team anyway addition to attractions. Urzel is a really, really, really controversial player mm-hmm. for takes. He's had a ton of success in the German national team, yep. and he was incredible for years at Real. Yep. And his game is very subtle. And what I can't figure out is, I mean, he's a guy who makes a ton of dynamic forward passes to people. He's a great creative player that doesn't necessarily score a ton of goals. What I can't figure out is, is he just an elite guy to have as your fourth or fifth best player? someone who is ideally surrounded by just extreme talent, and if you're not thinking about him as a defense, it's just awesome? Or have they just not been surrounding him with the right players? And I lean more toward the latter. I think that combining Erzl with Obemiang's world-class speed, Mkhitaryan makes huge runs. Mm-hmm. They, can, they have a, a front... Basically, they have guys up top now that will stretch the back line and that's a Bemiang's biggest value honestly is he's just always dangerous through because of his speed and when that happens there's so much more space to play the midfield game Arsenal wants to play mm-hmm. now they're still <clears throat> incredibly undermanned um Granit Xhaka is my least favorite player right now <laughs> in terms of how much worse I think he makes that team um He's just dreadful. And if you watch that game, they blew to Bournemouth or whoever it was this weekend. The first goal they gave up, <laughs> Jaka is supposed to be marking someone. The dude literally jogs past him. Jaka stops. He gets played a three-ball and scores. Wow. It's just embarrassing. That's garbage. So I'm happy for Arsenal. I think their best route is to go through the Europa League.
1: Yeah. there. There's no way that, like... Because basically, with... City United and Liverpool all playing the way they are and i mean Liverpool is i think the like they are who i think of when you think of the word like mercurial or just like you know kind of enigmatic enigmatic like yeah, yeah great word for them <laughs> so like Liverpool who who the fuck knows they they have the talent to to take that third spot but like between Like, I don't think Arsenal is better than either Chelsea or Tottenham, and definitely not better than Liverpool. So, I don't see them snagging the fourth spot. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea
0: made a couple moves, they got Giroud. That team, there's something really off with it. I don't know if it's Conte, I don't know if it's... Really weird. But, like, really since Matic left, they haven't been the same. Yeah. Um, And Murata after a hot start, has turned into a steaming pile of garbage yeah he's been really um he was bad. awful in that arsenal game what the fuck um just missed four decent chances
1: which is sad because i was i've really been um talking him up to myself as i'm getting ready for for spain's you know world cup <laughs> challenge well he played so well in the beginning
0: he might just be cold and he yeah. he's hurt now so maybe he was playing a little nicked up but he also he also played really well for spain's in spain's qualifying campaign he looked great being yeah. a forward on Spain is, like, the best deal. <laughs> like, David Villa just had a fucking time. Made Fernando Torres a lot of money. Yeah, so Torres... There was one year they won where Torres won the golden boot and was a backup. Yeah. He or just scored it. five goals because they'd throw on, like... They'd throw on Torres when the game was over. And so they just be, like, diming him these passes. Yeah. Um, yeah, playing on... Playing as Spain's forward is, like, the best... Just a chance every 10 minutes if you're in the right spot. Um, anyway, that, those were kind of the two biggest moves to cover. The big Spanish teams kind of stayed pat. Standed pat. Whatever. Um, stood pat, maybe. Stood pat, yeah. <laughs> might, might do it. Um, ditto with Juventus. Uh, PSG already spent their whole five years transfer budget on Neymar. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, um, also before we leave Spain, though, we should we should touch back on the fact that Coutinho. I don't think you've done a soccer pod since Coutinho mm, went to Barca. I have not. Um, I love that move. It was love that move. It was no no secret that
0: uh, Coutinho wanted to play there. I'm,
1: can I can I interject yeah. for a quick second? So I remember I was uh, catching the train back from downtown Boston, listening to and Buck's last soccer pod, and you were sort of handicapping the 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 round of 16 or whatever for the Champions League. And you were so, you guys were so torn about Chelsea and, you know, Barca and who was going to win. And, and I think that you correctly were sort of like, well, Barca's better, so they're going to win, but Chelsea's good too. And, like, I was just there thinking, like, I would bet the farm on Barca winning this game. <laughs> like, Chelsea is, <clears throat> like, playing the best football that they can possibly play right now. Like, they don't have a lot of moves to make. There's this weird situation with Conte. Like, they are at their ceiling. Whereas Barca was like, <coughs> sorry, approaching like the halfway point towards their ceiling, which they're now like absolutely like, sky's the limit right now because they're just coasting through La Liga. I think they're like 20 points clear of Real Madrid,
0: something it's, crazy. It's like another exceptional, messy season. Um, they're still getting a lot from Niesa, which makes me really happy. Um, Rakitic has been much better this year, I think. Suarez is, is, yeah, is still a top five player in the world, I think. Yeah. Um, sometimes you don't really notice it because his game is pretty subtle. And he's the kind of guy who can take three touches and score two goals. But he's he's been awesome. And I, Coutinho, on top of all that, like makes a ton of sense on the team. Yes. Like, I don't think you can play... Well, no. You can play him at center attacking mid if Rakitic is in a funk or Iniesta needs a rest. You can also play him on the wing. Mm-hmm. He's he's someone who you just have on the on the field, and I think he fits really nicely with what Messi likes to do, which is these really dynamic interplay, quick movements in the center of the field. Like that's Coutinho's sweet spot. Yeah, as well. I think the Coutinho Messi Suarez grouping, um, honestly. Makes me as excited as the Neymar, Messi, Suarez grouping. Yeah,
1: Neymar, oh, totally.
0: Neymar just kind of tended to hang around up on the left wing and was more the beneficiary of interplay than creating the interplay. Of course, he's a world class player and should be doing that. Like that's how he <laughs> scores so many goals. Uh huh. Um, and then was like really dynamic creatively in the box, but all three of Messi, Coutinho, and Suarez can come way back and start plays up. Yeah, I think they're just going to be impossible to cover.
1: Yeah, um, and that's not why that I've... Messi's ever possible. <laughs> and that's why I felt felt like Barca was was my favorite bet for winning the Champions League. We've got them at uh, I think it's eight to one. That's fantastic. So yeah, I mean, they'll be fun to cheer for.
0: The thing though about Chelsea, Nick, is they play Italian soccer, <laughs> and when you play like a pack it in counter attack style, you can beat anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, Leicester proved that, right? They won the Premier League, basically. It was what, Pochettino was their coach? No, Uh, not Pochettino. It wasn't Shakespeare yet, was it? What's the name of their guy? I forget. I'll I'll look it up. He's an Italian guy, I believe. It's the one who they won the Prem with. Anyway, they played super diligent defense and counterattacked beautifully. Mm -hmm. and they're able to win the Premier League with Mahrez playing, you know, really well, Conte playing world-class, and Vardy playing really well. Those were their three good players. So, like, Chelsea can totally win that matchup. You muck it up, you drop nine guys back, you try and snuff out all the interplay, and you bomb forward to Hazard, you know, maybe Murata puts in a header goal for you. Like, the style is there. I mean, I don't
1: see it happening, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) it's there. It could work. It's uh, Ranieri, I think, is. uh, Ranieri? Whatever.
0: Yeah. Not their current coach, the dude they won the thing with. Yeah, yeah. Claudio
1: Ranieri, who's now uh, managing. But anyway, that's, I mean, and, uh, you
0: know, Mourinho plays this style too. Although I think now Manu has enough class up front where they'll probably want to open it up a bit more. Mm -hmm. But you, like, anyone can win a, a, a game like you play like that.
1: Yeah, I mean that, and that makes sense. But I, I just feel like, th- like this Chelsea team does not—they look awful. Yeah, I was just, I was just looking at their roster and saying, I mean, I love Conte, love Hazard, um, but outside Conte of- might have lost the team though. No, 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 no. N'Golo Oh, Ingolo. Yeah, Conte. sorry. Yeah, um, I love those two players, but like, I don't, I, I, I don't think there's anyone else who I really like on this team. I mean maybe Marcus Alonso they're they're like Oh, outs- he's been incredible this they're year. Their outside back who can who bends it like Beckham or whatever. Their outside
0: back who is a dope free kick taker and just yeah. like scores key goals for them too. Yeah. I, he's been
1: the best outside back in the Prem for my money. He put he put a brilliant one past Tottenham in the beginning of the season where I was like, "Oh shit, this guy's here to play." Yeah. Um the thing Hazard's an interesting guy. We should talk about Hazard. Okay. I mean, I, I think he's brilliant. I think he's really, really creative. I think he also is one of those guys who, like, it's it's weird. Like, he seems like he moves the same speed with the ball at his foot that he does without it. Yeah. Like, no, it's, That's real. It's <laughs> What's up with
0: that? Um, I mean, he's. it's obvious he's got a ton of talent. It's obvious when he's on, he's one of the best players in the world. Yeah. That year Chelsea won the Prem under Mourinho, he was the best player in the Prem mm-hmm. for you know, 1B behind someone I'm forgetting and was the reason they won and was being put in player of the year conversations with the Messi and Ronaldo group. Wasn't going to win it, obviously, but it was in that conversation. The next year did not play well at all. Yeah. And they finished like 10th. <laughs> Mourinho's fire <it's> disaster. <laughs> mm-hmm. Last year, I still feel like it was more the Matic and Conte combo that made Chelsea special and their defense made them special than Hazard. Well, I think he was hurt last year, though. And he was also hurt at
1: the beginning of this year.
0: Yeah. But that's part of my point. Like, you know, when he's on, and you know when he's on, you can, like, see it in a game. You're like, yeah. this guy is a game-breaker. Super brilliant. But is he going to be on when you need him to? Like, I'd, I wouldn't be, depending on the transfer fee, concerned if a big team bought him. I mean, mm-hmm. a big team can afford a miss. It's a con- he's a concerning guy to bid for it because I don't know if he's going to be on form.
1: He's he's been re- linked to Real Madrid a lot. There's there's some talk that that Real Madrid is planning to buy Eden Hazard, David de Gea, and our boy, Ari Kane. Ari- I think Ari Kane's going to go there. <laughs> <I> <laughs> That'd be love really Harry funny. Kane. I I think it'd be so funny to see like to see. Ari Kane. Try Kane trying to talk to the Spanish reporters. His Spanish is going to be such trash. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he might but, like not really be able to play because his Spanish is so bad.
0: Um, be really funny. Yeah, Real doesn't do the whole "we're going to lose our La Liga by ten points" thing. So yeah. like they'll they'll probably give this team the rest of you know the year to make it back in La Liga. And if Zidane wins the Champions League, he can probably stay. If they lose La Liga in the Champions League, Zidane will be fired. No doubt. That's just how it works. It doesn't matter that he was had one of the best coaching jobs for a year and a half. There's also oh sorry. It's like we were saying with Randy Yeah. <laughs> he wins the Premier League with fucking Leicester City and gets
1: canned like six months later. Yeah. If you're not playing well, you just get fired. That's how it works in soccer. And there's I, I forgot to say that the other big the other big whisper is uh is Mo Salah. There was even talk that that Real was kicking the tires this this transfer window. And I think that what gave them pause was um like i think that liverpool was like this is going to be our best shot to actually make some noise in the champions league so y'all go yeah. fuck off we already lost catino we we can't lose another guy right now it's just kind of the flow of things in, in the uncapped soccer
0: world right is yeah if you're great someone's gonna lob a huge dollar offer at you mm-hmm. and then someone's gonna be barcelona man city man u real psg Maybe Bayern. Bayern.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and the other teams, you know, it's just tough to hang out to these guys. Like, Liverpool does not have the money of even a Chelsea at this point. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't they think. Did,
1: they did spend some of that Coutinho money into Virgil van Dijk, who they bought. Yeah, for, they needed that. For 75 million pounds, which um, is a shitload of money. Yeah, I
0: would money. love to see them keep Mo Salah. Like, I was really upset sweet. when they sold Suarez. Suarez, they had been, like, kind of the in an Everton-y spot where they're, like, 5th, 6th, 7th. And Suarez was just so good for a year, they were second in the prem, mm-hmm. And they would have won it. Um, there's a really sad game where Steven Gerrard, who, like, was just a career Liverpool guy, like, farts the ball away <laughs> for a breakaway, and it's just, like, watching his face is so depressing. But that was such a special year, and I want to see them... I... I the um, Jurgen Klopp style, I've said this point a bunch of times, but it's tough to sustain that for a season and yeah. win a title with it, especially when you're short handed. But it's dangerous in every game, and they'd be a really fun Champions League team. Oh, totally, year.
1: dude. I think that they're they're probably my favorite dark horse, I would say, because they've, they've got Porto in the first round. Also, yeah. we need to get Mo Salah jerseys <laughs> for the summer. Mo, yeah, dude, Mo, Mo Salah. Maybe uh, maybe when we're in the region, we can find an, an Egyptian oh one. God, yeah. Although, I don't, I don't know. Um, but, like, my my reason to pick Liverpool as the dark horse is because, like, Tottenham and Juventus are are going to... One of them's going to knock the other out. Um, you know, Paris Saint-Germain or Real Madrid, they're knocking... One of them's going to get knocked out. Um, Chelsea's probably going to get knocked out. Um, and, I mean, I think Bayern, you could say, is a dark horse... Maybe, just because no one's really talking about them. But honestly, straight up, I kind of like Liverpool's chances against Bayern. Yeah. Um, Liverpool can beat anyone. I mean, they beat Man City. They beat Man City who've, convincingly.
0: Who have looked the best team in the world. Yeah. Um, so,
1: Liverpool's very fun. Maybe maybe we should throw a little money, now I'm thinking about it, on a Liverpool Champions There,
0: I remember their odds being out of whack. Like, they were even with Man U's, and I was like, wow, oh, that's strange. Like, um, people are all excited about them. Yeah, they're like the hipster pick. You know what I mean? Yeah, classic. Um, anyway, that's uh that's all I had to say. We're at thirty minutes for this.
1: Okay. Um, I don't know if there's anything else I wanted to say, uh, I don't know. I'm is there is there a Champions League matchup that you're particularly excited about for this first round? I um, let me just stop this. I
0: don't know. I. Like, when the odds came out, that was pretty even. I don't know where they'd be at now, but. Kind of, I mean. You gotta think Paris Saint Germain's gotta be very favored. You can't very favor against Real, even if they lose eight games in a row. It's just. Yeah. There's just so many incredible players in that team.
1: Mm hmm. Um, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, if Saddam loses this, it's up, it's over. Yeah. He's canned the next day.
1: Which is which is so interesting because I honestly feel like Paris Saint-Germain wants Zidane. Low key, they want a French guy in there. They they or at least they they want a big name coach to be managing this team. Yeah, like I mean, they're gonna they're gonna keep having like like this this weird you know new money like we need to spend as much of it as possible complex until you know they finally get like a big name coach and they win a Champions League. Which is an interesting, I just want to, you know, I just want to say one last thing about Man City and then I'll be done. People give Man City a lot of shit for, <laughs> for buying all the talent. And, you know, to some degree, they've earned it. In fact, to a big degree, they've earned it. But I want to I wanna make, um, I want to add a layer of nuance. That Man City doesn't go out and buy the best player on the market. Man City goes and buys players who the market is not valuing properly. Like, Gab, Gabriel Jesus, that was not a huge signing. Mm-mm. Neither was, like... Um, they took <clears> him <throat> out of the Brazil leagues, I think, so they, like, they scouted him like, and yeah. got him. And, like, Silva, like, Bernardo Silva, Leroy Sané, like, they got Sané from, like, Schalke. So, like... And, I mean, even this most recent guy, Laporte, like, they got him from Athletic Bilbao. Like... They're not going and poaching, like, $100 million transfer guys. Yeah, that's the man
0: you move. Like, oh,
1: Sanchez is a big name. Let's get him. Yeah. and Or, like, if the Knicks had an infinite payroll and could keep buying yeah. weird players until it actually <laughs> yeah. becomes good. And then it's like, so I, I, I think that Man City, like, yes, they've got a 30 million pound player mm-hmm. at every position, and that's a ridiculous advantage. But at the same time, can you blame them that they spend their riches... In an infinitely better and more efficient way than any other team in the world. No. Which I think is pretty cool. And,
0: you know, I think
1: when you compare them to
0: any of PSG, Real, Barca, Man U, you know, they're, they don't, maybe they spend 20, 30 million more in a transfer window, but they're not, you can't say one team is like, oh, that's the rich team. I mean, those are all fucking rich yeah. teams. I think Real can, you can still say that about them because they literally buy all the best players.
1: Yes. I mean, um, watch what
0: they do this summer. It's going to be a Galactico summer. What PSG, after what PSG dropped on Neymar, they, <laughs> they get to be in that combo too because that was
1: just insane. But that's also the thing, like, people wrote this a little bit about Man City, like, why they spent so much money last summer and why they spent it when they did is because they realized that with the Neymar signing and with the Mbappe signing, the market value was going to go too high, yeah. too quickly. And, like basically they knew that the market was going to get so hot so fast that they needed to get their business done quickly. They needed to get a bunch of different players in as fast as they could. So now they're sitting in this position where like they're now just looking to supplement. Like they're looking for a backup for Fernandinho. They're looking for a backup at, you know, wing or whatever. Like all of their big business is done for the foreseeable future. So hats off to, to Pep and Co.
0: Yeah, and it's so funny with soccer because you know, like in a cap sport, right? Like in the NBA, which is like a soft cap sport. Even you, like, they had that summer where like eight GMs were convinced like the cap was going to go up infinitely, and you get the seventy million for Yam Mahinmi deal. <laughs> it's just these insane contracts, and you know that that has a very tangible consequence. Now, you know, the Wizards have that turd sitting at the end of their bench you know the knicks have joe kim noah's paychecks not joe kim noah he's not the team they just have his paychecks (laughs) (laughs) so you know like there's like a tangible like cause and effect in soccer like the since there's no cap like the team owners you know psg can throw 400 million at Neymar, and then psg could be like i want to invest more and if the PSG owner just has that kind of money and is like, I want to make PSG like the Real Madrid of, Fran- of you know, the world, they can just do that. And there doesn't have to be a consequence. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so European and so many of these deals are like done under tables and behind closed doors and avoiding tax that it's tough <laughs> to tell if like these things are even financially savvy or, you know, we get amounts, but it's tough to know if that's the actual amount. Yeah. Um, I think all three of Neymar, Messi, and Ronaldo have had, like, serious tax accusations levied against them. Yes. Um, Uh, But anyway. Indeed. Anyway. uh, I think that does it, right? Yeah. I think that's a good place to leave it. That does it for part two of my conversation with brother Nick Young uh, touching on the football transfer window. Uh, If you missed part one, like I said earlier, check it out. We did a nice NBA conversation. And uh, keep your eyes open for some more pods from me. I'm going to be on the road this week. Mike Bang went out midweek Also, Brandon Daly Who you heard on that earlier podcast with Sean His album is out We recorded a wide-ranging pod on Kind of everything he thought about that So keep your eyes open for that too And uh, yeah, enjoy, have a nice week